everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Okay, so this episode is my year 2020 K-drama in review episode, which I have been so freaking excited about recording this episode for like, I feel like a whole year because I kept thinking, oh, you know, like this will be my first, like, you know, I've done it for a whole year. I've recorded one of these like year in review for 2019 and I was so excited to do it again for 2020 because I feel like, oh, you know, I'm creating a legacy. Like this is, this is me actually being around long enough to do one of these recurring yearly things. Um, And then as I sat down to kind of like do it and I was still like really pumped for it. I'm like, yeah, I sat down to do it and I was like, hang on. I've like everything I've watched this year. I've obviously done a K-drama whole episode on it on the podcast. I've discussed it at length. I know a lot of people who are listening, listen to those episodes already. And now you guys are going to be like, hang on, I've already heard all this shit. She's just saying the same shit again. (laughs) So I'm kind of like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to do this episode because I said I would. And I guess I'm excited about it. But now I'm kind of worried it's just going to be really boring. And I should just mention the drama and then be like, and I have an episode on it. And you should just go back and listen to that if you want to know about it. So anyway, I'm going to do my best, but I, I have no idea if this is going to be a worth it, a worth it of your time or not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, oh, well, I'm back. How great. <laughs> um, And also the other thing that I realized as I sat down and wrote down all the you know, all the K-dramas that came out in 2020 and then out of those ones that I'd seen and the ones that I haven't seen that I still like to see, I realized that, like, where the fuck are all the historical dramas in 2020? Like, what? What's going on? Why are there no historicals? So I started Googling it because I I've, I watched one, like, 2020 historical drama. So one Saguk that aired in 2020. And I watched a lot of historical dramas this year, but they were all from, you know, the past and not now. (laughs) So I just couldn't believe it. And so I, I actually Googled it and there's only like barely any historicals came out this year or were made this year. I don't know. Is this a COVID thing or is this just a, a thing in general? Like, I really don't know. I, I feel really sad about it just because um, I'm I'm kind of, you know, going through the historicals quite quickly these days. Well, I say this, but I'm currently, well, you know, watching a really, really, really long one. So actually a little bit more slowly these days. Um, but yeah, so that's really weird. Um, and I'll talk about the one historical from 2020 that I did watch in, you know, this next thing I'm about to do. 
But um, there are some others. There was one other um, K-drama historical that came out in 2020 that I didn't watch um, because of I heard something bad about some of the celebrities in it. I kind of got disturbed, so I haven't watched it. Oh, that sounds bad. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's some gossip. <laughs> I don't really go into that stuff on this show, but I guess sometimes I do kind of come across and you hear that an actor did a thing and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this actor who did a thing in a drama. So I've sort of avoided that one. I think it's called Kingmaker. Otherwise, you know, it looks really good. I'd really like to watch it. Um, and then there is also, I think, at least two two historical K-dramas that are 2020 ones, but they're coming out in, you know, now or late later um december 2020 so i haven't watched those ones which is secret royal inspector um with l in it and also the one with shin Hesson, uh which i'm really excited about called i think mr queen mrs king <laughs> some shit like that i don't know i'm really excited for both those dramas um but I haven't watched them yet, so I won't be talking about them on this episode, but I promise I will be talking about them in the future once I've watched them. Um, but at the moment, I am watching one really, really long historical, which is a million trillion episodes long. It's only 50 episodes, but that's a really long, <laughs> really long drama for me. Um, and I, I really feel like I don't know if anyone else who likes historical dramas has this problem, but I don't tend to love to watch multiple historical dramas set during the Joseon period at the same time because I think they're all completely different to each other but they do usually have you know a lot of political plotting and a lot of in and out of the palace and all this kind of stuff and they also have a lot of ministers who all work in the Joseon court near the king and all the actors who play the ministers are in like every single drama. So you could be watching one drama and the minister is played by, you know, Mr. So-and-so, this random dude. And then you're watching another one at the same time. And the same guy is playing a very similar character in the other show. And because they're ministers, they're both wearing the same outfit. Well, you know, it's the same guy wearing the same outfit in two different dramas. So it can get really confusing because it's literally just the same actors in both playing very similar roles. So I do get a bit confused and I, I try and watch historicals one at a time, but I don't really know what's going to happen because, um, these two that are coming out, I'm, I'm rather excited about them. Wow, what a waffle. Um, that was such a waffle and not really what I was meant to be doing right now. <laughs> well, this episode is already all over the place, so I guess I'll just get on with it. I'm just going to go through the dramas that came out in 2020 that I watched and I'll talk a bit about, you know, the ones that I really, really liked and the ones that, you know, maybe not so much. Um, but basically, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but it's you basically, I've already talked about it all before. Oh no. <laughs> all right. So the first K-drama that I believe I watched in 2020 that came out in 2020 was Kingdom Season 2. So this was the only historical drama that came out in 2020 that I watched this year. Um, so Kingdom Season 2, this one came out in March. Uh, it's only six episodes, and I think it's probably six episodes for the first season as well. I highly, highly recommend this show. Um, I really, really loved it. I don't know if it was like 
my favorite of the year or anything like that, but in my head, I suppose, because one, I, you know, it's a whole year ago practically that I watched it, so it's been a while, but also in my head, I really do kind of think of it um, as season one and season two as almost just being one big extended show. I think they're really, really great, um, but to me, it just feels like, you know, one big drama, I suppose, so I, I kind of, yeah, I don't know. Um, it was really, really good. And I think um, if you if, if you can handle horror and you do like historical dramas and you haven't watched it, oh my gosh, watch it. It's really, really good. Um, it's definitely on the more serious side when it comes to sagooks. Like it's, it doesn't really have any romance. The horror is really, really strong. So if you're not into like gore and zombies, then it might not be for you. But it's such a good looking show. It's got obviously so much money in the way it is filmed and shot. Everything looks beautiful, even when you're looking at a bunch of zombies ripping people apart. Um, season two was really, really fun because I think it kind of just really expands on, I suppose, the mythology around the zombies and the creatures and what's going on. And also delves a little bit deeper into some of the characters, not all of them, but quite a few of them. And I think it's, I don't know, I found it so creepy and so just deep and mysterious and cool. I was really, really into it, actually. Um, I don't think I really have a huge amount to say. I definitely did a whole episode on this one. So if you want to listen to it in you know more detail, but this is a drama that I do like, I really, really recommend it if you like historicals, if you can deal with the the gore <laughs> and the blood. Um, there was one part in particular, every time I think about this drama, I really remember. And it's just like kind of, it's really interesting to me, I think, how visually some shows can make things that are not you know, not beautiful, but make them beautiful. So for instance, things that are really scary or violent or, you know, creepy, things like that. And yet when you're watching it, you're like this, it looks beautiful, like a painting, even though it's horrific. I just find that, I find that such an interesting, I guess, element of television and cinema just in general across the board. Um, but I think it's something that I really, really like when when something, you know, a story, I suppose, can be really dark and really gross and really horrific, but somehow so much thought and care is put into the way that it looks, that it's beautiful th through the grit, I suppose. It's really interesting. The, the scene in particular that really blew me away, oh, I think there was two actually in Kingdom Season 2, um, and one of them Every time I think of this show, I think of this one scene. So the drama is kind of based around this crown prince and it's all fictionalized. The setting, you know, the time period is fictionalized, but it is actually inspired by a true historical figure and definitely not the zombie part. <laughs> that part wasn't. Um, but the show is set after this massive war has happened. And at one point in the show, we get this incredible flashback to this battle scene in this, you know, really horrific, almost like marshy looking place. And there are samurai there and the samurai are you know, just dressed up like, you know, I don't know, I've looked up lots of old photographs of samurai and stuff and the armor is incredible and the colors and the way it looks is just so interesting. And there's all these slow-mo, I think it's all, I actually think it might be back to front when I'm thinking about it. It's really interesting, like the way that it's shot. 
But this battle scene that is really violent and horrific with these samurai attacking, you know, Josun soldiers who are just under-equipped and don't have armor and don't have good weapons. And then the zombies come and are let loose on the samurai soldiers. And it's just like, it is epic. And I, I think it's just something about what has happened to television now. I mean, this is a Netflix production, so it has Netflix money behind it, but it really... I just feel like stuff has changed so much from the times when, because it was TV, you would never expect it to kind of, I guess, rival a movie. Was now, I feel like it's very, very common to watch a television show and be like, this is as beautiful as a movie that I would pay to go and watch in the cinema. Um, and a lot of dramas are like that too. I feel maybe it's just a revolution kind of like in television across the board because there's so many dramas um that are just stunning to look at. I guess right now I'm thinking of It's Okay to Not Be Okay, which is a modern day contemporary rom-com, but you know, it looks beautiful. So anyway, I'll talk about that when I get to it. So that's probably enough waffle about Kingdom Season 2. Um, so apparently when you get me started, I always have something to say. I wasn't sure if I would. <laughs> so I better get on with this or I'm going to run out of time. <laughs> So apparently during my break, I forgot how to podcast because I forgot to tell you who was starring in Kingdom, but I'm not going to because I've moved on to Itaewon Class. So Itaewon Class is, uh, how would you describe it? Um, I just want to say it's a drama. It's just a drama. It's contemporary. It's not a rom-com. It's not overly romantic, really. Um, but it's very much like, a, it's not a youth drama because everyone's in their like late 20s and some of them are in their 30s, but it's still very much about that finding your way in life, following your dreams, um, you know, becoming who you want to be. So it's very inspirational, I think, as a drama to watch. So it's 16 episodes. It came out, oh, it says it came out in January. So I should have put this one first on the list um, because it would have been the first K-drama that I watched because I did watch this one as it aired. Um, so It's A One Class stars Park So Joon, who is fantastic and everything and a whole bunch of other people. Um, I really, really liked Itaewon class, but it's a really funny thing. Um, you know, some dramas, you watch them, you love them. And then in hindsight, like I've kind of forgotten so many of the details of Itaewon class now, and I don't really remember why I loved it as much as I did when I was watching it. Just because I think when I think back to the plot, like, you know, dude opens a restaurant and battles with a big food conglomerate who has a really mean president who likes sabotaging people and murdering people maybe yeah like that's basically the plot um but I think the reason to watch this drama and the reason why I found it so inspirational which seems like such a funny word to use with a, a drama but I did find it very inspirational um I think it's around Park So Joon it's about his performance but it's also about the character he plays um who is Park Se Roy it's hard for me to say um so his character Se Roy is just like this incredible glowing example of humanity like he's just such a good person and no matter what he endures he is so good I guess in the way he approaches things and it's not that he's always like 
super positive. Like he's not like this hardworking, super positive, like always happy-go-lucky kind of dude. Like he's wounded and he feels the pain that life has dealt him deep. But he is just such a good human who is guided by the memory of his father that he never wants to hurt other people or do anything wrong because he's just so aware of... I feel like the people around him and being kind and how important it is. Um, it's so funny. I, I think I, I don't even remember where it came from now, but there's like this little, it's a super cheesy saying, but like this idea, um, you know, be kind and be brave. And I've always really loved that saying because I feel like it's such an interesting kind of mix of words, I suppose. But when you think about it, like what other way is there to live your life other than being brave and being kind? Like it feels like such a good positive thing. So be kind. Always think about how your actions are going to impact the people around you. Don't hurt other people. Don't lash out at people. Just be kind, but also be brave. Like don't let people trample over you and make sure you still go out and get the things that you need from life but also be kind while you do it. I think it's just such a good saying. And I feel like this drama just embodies it to the max. Like this guy um, that Park So Jun plays, I think it's the reason that I loved the show. Because in hindsight, when I think about the romance, I'm like, did I swoon? I mean, I swooned at Park So Jun, the actor, but the romance didn't make me swoon because I didn't really feel emotionally invested. And yet I still watched this whole 16 episode drama about like food and restaurants. I mean, I really like food, but you know, not like so much little pubby restaurants and startup businesses and stuff like that. Um, but it's charming. It's, it's a really beautiful show and it is kind of, it's kind of inspirational. So there you go. Um, that's my take on the 16 episode K-drama It's a One Class. Um, so I do have a whole episode out about that one, of course, um, that you can listen to if you want to, where I rave on in detail about the story and I think some of the motifs and kind of um yeah just like the ideas I guess recurring themes and images and stuff like that and the drama that really touched my heart and I thought were just amazing writing particularly I thought I guess that was another thing that I really liked about this drama is I thought the writing was actually very clever it's a very simple story but it's very emotionally very emotionally moving. And I think the writing was very clever to kind of create such um, a reaction from me emotionally. So yeah, it's a really good show. I think if you haven't watched it, it is well worth your time. Uh, so that's Ite One Class. Okay, so next up is a K-drama that I started watching, but I didn't finish, but I actually really do want to go back and watch it. And I am going to mention those ones in this little roundup, um, just because I watched enough of it to kind of get a sense of what it was. And I do really want to go back. And I've heard a lot of people saying it's really worth it. Um, so this is extracurricular. Extracurricular is only 10 episodes long. I'm pretty sure this is like a you know, Netflix kind of backed show as well. Um, it came out in April 2020. It is an interesting show. Like um, tone wise, it's very, very different to any K-drama that I feel like I've seen before. Um, I feel like it's going full gritty. So it's a high school kind of youth drama, but it is not a cutesy one. It has its very quirky moments. And I have to say, it still completely feels like a K-drama. 
but it's also kind of looking at underbelly stuff, which is like something you don't normally see in the teen stuff. You see all the bullying stuff and the bullying kind of stuff goes full deep and dark in K-drama very often. But um, this is different. Like the main dude is this, this high school boy and he's basically a pimp. <laughs> Like, he's literally running a prostitution ring, I think. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I mean, I don't feel like I've seen this before in K-drama. Also, there's this scene in, I think it's the first episode, where this teen girl who's also a prostitute is, like, gagged up and, like, there's these gangsters. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just pretty dark. Um, I am very interested in it because I, I didn't watch very much of it and I was watching like <clears throat> quite a few shows at that time and something had to give and this one just kind of fell to the wayside. Um, but I kept meaning to go back to it and I never did. Um, so hopefully I will um, in 2021, I hope, because I've heard the people that have watched it, I've, I don't know if it's like a particularly that a lot of people have watched it, but I feel like those people that did were like, whoa, this is really, really worth your time. So that's why I've mentioned it. Um, I think that one for me will be worth going back and checking out. And that was Extracurricular. Oh man, I'm definitely doing these well out of order. Um, so next up is a drama that started in February 2020. And I know I definitely was watching the start of this one as it aired. So this is the drama called When the Weather is Fine or If the Weather is Fine, I'll Find You. It's called a lot of things. Um, but I'm pretty sure when I watched it, it was called something different to all of those things. <laughs> So this drama for me, When the Weather is Fine, um, so this is a 16 episode like romantic mellow drama, um, but a very quiet, so not a melodrama as in like birth secrets and evil twins, but more like a melodrama as in a very slow and I think, it, you know, like a slow, sumptuous, beautiful, romantic story. And it's supposed to be a healing romance. So the reason that I have included this on my list to talk about, even though I did not watch the whole thing, is because it was actually one of my most anticipated dramas of 2020. Like, I was mad excited about this show. I wanted to watch it so badly um and so I loved the casting it's got Park Min Yong who is just you know wonderful I love her and it's got So Kung Joon who you know is super handsome and I really like him too um and one of the reasons that I particularly wanted to watch this show and was really excited when I heard about it was I re-watched um the I think it's from 2017 Korean drama also a romance mellow called Between Lovers um and I re-watched that one I think towards the end of 2019 and I was obsessed like I was listening to the soundtrack for months afterwards and I couldn't get it out of my head and all I wanted was to watch it again for the first time or something else that was exactly the same but different that I hadn't watched yet so when I heard that this drama when the weather is fine was coming out I was like oh, amazing casting it's just gonna be like between lovers basically was what I wanted and for that reason, I do wonder if I went into it with the wrong expectations, um, but I did not connect with it emotionally the way that I wanted. I gave it a good few episodes. Like, I feel like I watched even maybe seven episodes um, because I wanted to love it so much. And 
It is very slow, but I really don't mind slow dramas. I don't think that that is particularly a problem for me if I'm sucked in. And I think the main problem, I mean, it looks beautiful. I loved the the setting. It's, you know, this kind of small town girl has gone off to the city and everything is fucked up. So this is Park Min Young's character. So she's, she's had to go back home to a, you know, little weird rural town in the middle of nowhere. And of course, working in this like little weird rural bookstore is this dude who's now grown up and ridiculously handsome, played by So Kang Joon, who has been in love with her since high school. Like that is a setup that has me hook, line and sinker. Like I fucking love that setup and it's, you know, slow and sumptuous. It's winter. So there's snow everywhere. Everything's sad and beautiful and romantic. Like I was dying for this show. Um, so it's really slow, but my problem, which it wasn't that it was slow. My, my thing was that I just didn't connect with Park Min Young's character. And I feel like she has this, unbelievably tragic backstory that then explains why she's sort of walking around looking so disconnected and sad all the time. And I felt like this is just personal. Like, I don't know. I know a lot of people have watched this show and really loved it. And I definitely came to it with the wrong expectation, like very high expectations, which might've just, you know, derailed my whole experience from the start. But um, I felt like the drama held back on her tragic backstory a little bit too long for me. And by the time I kind of realized why she was so taciturn and why she was so kind of like, woe is me. And she, you know, she had a reason to be, but I feel like I, I thought she didn't for such a long time that I found her just very dour and like ungrateful. And I didn't really realize oh, she's got a trauma. Like, that's why she's acting this way. That's why she's walking around in such a, you know, just disconnected kind of annoyed, you know, sad me kind of way. But it just took me too long to realize it. And I feel by then I just, I didn't love the characters. Um, so yeah, which was kind of really sad for me because I was super, super excited for this show, but it just didn't connect with me personally. Um, probably my own fault. <laughs> it's really hard when you, you kind of come to a drama wanting it to be, particularly when you, you're hoping it's going to be a literal copy of one of your favorite dramas of all time. So I feel like that's where I went wrong. So that's all I'll say on when the weather is fine. Next on my list is Hospital Playlist, which came out in March 2020. And apparently the literal title is Wise Doctor Life, which I'm sure I expressed surprise over when I did my full episode on it. Apparently I forgot it immediately and I'm expressing surprise over that again because that's quite a funny title. <laughs> um, so Hospital Playlist is 12 episodes, but I feel like each episode was like an hour and a half or something. I have such an interesting experience. Like my personal experience watching this drama was just such a strange one because I thought I hated hospital dramas. I didn't want to watch it. This I was literally at this point in March because I watched it while it aired um, on a Yuyon Suk train, <laughs> which I had bought it after watching Mr. Sunshine. Um, and so I was just literally going around Dramaland watching anything that the actor Yuyon Suk was in because I loved him so much. I still love him so much. <laughs> and um yeah, so I, I picked this one up and I literally watched five episodes and I was like, 
this is so boring. <laughs> There's too many characters. I don't know what's going on. What even is this? And I'd just come off watching Rock, um, Romantic Doctor Teacher Kim number one, season one, starring Yu Yeon Suk. And, you know, that that's a very melodramatic kind of doctor's hospital show. It's insane. And this one is not. Like, this is a very, like, slice of life kind of show, um, hospital playlist is. So it wasn't as bombastic and exciting as I expected. It's all about these little tiny moments between people. And there isn't even practically, like... I mean, there's definitely there's character arcs, but there's no plot arc. It's all just character journey and interaction and relationships kind of stuff. Um, and obviously, you know, being in a hospital, all these little moments between patients and doctors or all that kind of stuff. So I just watched it for the first five episodes because um, I was just, I don't know, doing other stuff in front of the TV <laughs> because um, someone told me that it was really good. And I was like, okay, it's, I don't think it is. <laughs> and also because Yu Yon Sok's face was in it, even though he has like mad mushroom hair at the start, I was like, oh, I guess I can deal with his mushroom hair just to watch his face in this drama. And then the weirdest thing happened after episode five, I was like, this is the best drama that ever happened. <laughs> I just fell in love with it. I was obsessed. Like I was hanging out like all week for the new episode. Like I was dying waiting for the new episodes and I, I just loved it. I so loved it in such an insane way um, that, you know, I recorded my, I just, done a whole podcast episode on it and I recorded it very quickly after I finished watching it so it's very ranty and ravey I just loved it and I was so impressed by just the slice of life stuff the moments between people and I still don't understand how a writing team can write things like that because I just don't understand how you can write something that doesn't kind of have a plot to kind of prop everything up and it's just these small interactive moments um so I, I loved this drama. I thought it was incredible. I'm, the weird thing is it's been quite a while now, like, you know, all these months later as I record this now in December 2020, um, since I've seen the drama. And because, you know, I remember moments of it, but because it's not a hugely heavily plot-based drama, I don't really remember anything about it. It sort of slid into the back of my mind now. So I'm still excited about season two. But um, not as, you know, obsessively as I think I was before. But I'll definitely watch it and I'm sure I'll get back into it. Oh, and I forgot to mention these doctors as well as doing all that other doctory stuff. They also play music together in a band, um, which is very weirdly, surprisingly charming. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, I do recommend Hospital Playlist. But it, I also think it's a weird show. Like it really took me a long time to get into it. And... Then I did, and then it was the best thing ever, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> All right, so next up on my list is The King, Eternal Monarch, which I also have an episode on back in the podcast thing that I do, this thing that I'm doing. <laughs> so this drama is a 16 episode drama that came out in April, 2020. And it was my other most anticipated drama of the year. I was so excited. Um, so I had just come off watching um, Mr. Sunshine, which of course is by the same writer who did the King Eternal Monarch. So I was like mad excited about that as well as the casting of this drama is insane. Like it's so 
good. So it's it was Lee Min Ho's you know big army comeback drama. Um, it's got the female lead is played by Kim Go Eun, who is wonderful. I really really like her. It's also got Udo Hwan, who is a personal favorite actor for me. I love him so much. And also a new favorite who I'm trying to like search up his little face here in my little list of cast list faces and I can't find it. Um, but played by the actor um, Kim Kyung Nam. Uh, who I just I like I totally love him now I think he is freaking great and he should be the lead in lots of stuff but anyway so the king eternal monarch I was really really excited for and I think everyone was <laughs> um it was not quite what I hoped it would be um I actually really enjoyed it I think it looked really great I really did like a lot of the characters um I feel like there was just so many characters there was so much going on it was a it's a very kind of convoluted plot I suppose just because parallel worlds and alternate realities and time travel and everything it's a lot to take in um but for me I feel like the thing that didn't work for me that kind of held me back from feeling about it the way that I would have liked to was just the romance because I feel like I can forgive fucking everything else in a drama if the romance is on point but it just did not quite work for me and I, I just feel like the couple just gets together you know for me in in what I like to see for um, a romance just a little bit too quickly and I could have really done with um, a really long slow build between them but instead you know they're saying I love you within like two seconds of meeting and I'm like hang on isn't this just the third time you've met him and all he's done is be handsome and buy lots of stuff at the shops like I don't know he's very handsome but I wouldn't have fallen in love with him after two minutes of thinking he was like a complete weirdo who was lying to you about where he was from but um that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> so I was a bit sad about this show um, just because I was I was very, very excited about it. Um, but I still watched it all the way to the end and I still really enjoyed it. And I think it certainly looks really good. And I feel like there's, you know, even if the central romance didn't get me and maybe Lee Min Ho's character wasn't, this one's more of a personal taste thing, but his character wasn't exactly like my type of hero lead, which is, you know, not the writer's fault in that instance. That's just my own personal thing. But I feel like so many of the side characters were thoroughly interesting and amusing and fun and fascinating. So like there was always a lot going on. So it's not like I was bored at least. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I'll say on The King, Eternal Monarch, 16 episode drama from April 2020. And I do have obviously a whole podcast on that one, um, which I'm pretty sure I just said, but I said it again. So there. So next up for me is It's Okay to Not Be Okay, which I really strongly feel should be called It's Okay Not to Be Okay, not It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And every single time I say it or Google it, I do it wrong. So that's some trivia for you guys. So this one is a 16 episode drama. I feel, yeah, I would just say it was a drama. It's like a gothic fairy tale romance like feels like a fantasy but it's actually not um it's very sumptuous and gorgeous um so this one's from june 2020 i was i feel like there wasn't a lot of 
kind of hype around it before it came out, but I was excited as soon as I saw the casting because it stars the actor Kim Soo Hyun, who was my very first ever K-drama crush, um, coming off the back of my very first ever K-drama, which was Dream High, in which he plays the very dreamy second male lead who ends up with the girl, spoiler alert, but it's it's a very old drama. <laughs> I don't wonder if anyone would go back and watch that one. It's such a like little cheese fest. Um, but Kim Soo Hyun is just like a standout in it. And, you know, a very, very handsome man. <laughs> um, I was also, with the casting, so excited because the actress So Ye Ji was also cast in this one. And I love her. I've loved her ever since I saw her in one of my favorite dramas, Save Me, from, I think, 2017. So, yeah, this was kind of an interesting one because there wasn't a lot of hype and because I, I, I don't know the synopsis that I read, like during the time when the casting came out, I was like, oh, I'll watch it because they're in it. But every time they talked about what the drama was actually about, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like a thing that I'm interested in and I don't care about. Um, so I wasn't like super keen. And then obviously it came out and I just gave it a go because of them, basically the two actors who are in it. And it was a, just a little fucking dream, wasn't it? <laughs> it's such a good show. I don't know. This one really just like kind of hooked me straight away. It's so sumptuous and beautiful. And just this, I just think it's so clever. It really feels like a gothic fairy tale. Um, My friend Lizzie pointed out to me that it's just, it's very like Tim Burton-esque, I suppose. So it has this feeling of otherworldly reality and feeling like it doesn't take place in real life and yet it does and when you think about it nothing you know magical happens at any point and it's very clever I think just very clever and very positive in the way that it explores mental health and happiness and love and what those things really mean and family um, and also I really just love I guess the themes and the ideas and, and the way the drama kind of you know, it often tells these like little gothic horror stories or these little, you know, gothic ghost stories and hauntings, but really it's always talking about trauma. Um, and it's just very clever and very moving and very, very fucking romantic. Um, it's, it's a really, really great romance. So yeah, I rant and rave about this one quite a lot. I think this was, I mean, obviously, definitely, um, one of my favorite K-dramas of the year, for sure. It was really, really good, and I really loved it. So that's It's Okay to Not Be Okay. I've got a whole episode on that one, obviously, and if you haven't watched it, um, then you really should go and watch it, because it's well worth it. And even if... I don't know. I don't think it's... You know, sometimes those dramas are so overhyped, and you're like, oh, I don't want to watch it, because it's probably not as good as everyone says. Like, this one actually is. I think it's more... It was a surprise to me that it was as good as it is and it's beautiful to look at. Like the cast is beautiful themselves, the way it's shot is beautiful. It's so thoughtful and positive and just very romantic. So yeah, great show. It's okay to not be okay. So the next one on my list is Train. And Train was a really interesting one for me. This is an OCN thriller. It's kind of like a very, you know, OCN feeling gritty detective serial killer drama, um, but throw in some parallel worlds. But 
take out the fantasy romance and think about the scariest shit that you could think of when it came to parallel worlds. <laughs> and then that's what you've got with Train. Um, so this is a 12 episode drama that came out in July. Um, and it stars the actor Yoon Shi Yoon, who I freaking adore. What a lovely man. I mean, I don't know if he's lovely in real life, but he's lovely in this drama. He's sort of lovely in this drama. He's a pretty gritty detective. He looks lovely in this drama. He's great. I love him. That's the point of that long rant. Um, this drama for me was, oh, it was a surprise. I didn't have high expectations. I was excited about it because of the casting and because I quite liked the, um, the posters I saw actually were very, very appealing and like all this kind of parallel worlds, like this kind of creepy train tracks and it just was very like very creepy looking and I guess I was in the mood um so for me this drama was a huge hit like I fucking loved it and I have to say like if I think about it in a non-biased way I know it's not perfect the ending is unbelievably rushed um they introduce some like ideas at the last half hour that are bigger than the whole drama itself and you're like what where's season two um but the show, for some reason, got under my skin in a massive way. Like, I was so excited about this drama. I loved it. I was hanging out for episodes. It was the first drama I would watch every time a new episode came out, even though it was airing at the same time as It's Okay to Not Be Okay. I was still reaching for this drama's latest episodes first, which says a lot because I really loved the other one. Um, but I do feel like... I do wonder if so much of how I feel about Train is a very personal thing. Like for me, it was very like the right drama at the right time with the right story and the right atmosphere because I came off um, and I've said this, you know, I did my big long podcast rant about Train for sure. Um, and I mentioned in that, that, you know, I'd, I'd really just come off the back of watching The King, Eternal Monarch and the stuff that I loved the most about that drama was some of the concepts and ideas and I just wanted to take those and tell them in a slightly different way and then train rolled around on its train tracks that's not really what happened it just like came onto tv <laughs> and um it like literally delivered this randomly very specific personal thing that I was like hey wouldn't that be cool if I got to watch this and then train was like here you go <laughs> so I really 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 loved it um but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if everyone would have that same reaction. Although I do stand by it. I think it's a really, really good show. Um, it's really good if you like those, you know, the OCN gritty thrillers, detective stuff. But the ideas in it are just like mind boggling and so dark and so cool. And basically um, the story is about, you know, this detective who happens to stumble across this case with this abandoned train station and there's all these bodies that have been buried, like a serial killer is obviously using it as a burial ground. And he can't figure out who the bodies are because the people that they seem to be are just walking around and they're fine. And of course it is, you know, a parallel worlds kind of mystery. It's very dark and creepy and I fucking loved it. I loved it so much. And Yoon Shi Yoon is just so good in it. Um, I think he's, you know, he's, he's got an eternal baby face, but he's, you know, getting a little bit older now. So I actually think it suits him. He looks really good. Um, so I really, really loved him in this. And I guess I'll stop 
ranting and raving, but you can tell how much I loved it because I'm getting so excited, even though, you know, it's been quite a few months since I watched it. And I basically feel like I want to record my big, like, in-depth episode about it all over again. (laughs) But I won't because that would be fucking weird. (laughs) All right. uh, That's all I'll say about Train. So next up is a K-drama called Love is Annoying, But I Hate Being Lonely or Too Lonely to Love. And this is a, it bills itself as, you know, just a fluffy light rom-com, but I think it's a little bit slower than that. So it's not actually that funny. I don't think it's trying to be that funny, but it's just, you know, a little cute rom-com, I guess. Um, So this one came out in August 2020. So I've done um, a big in-depth kind of ranty rave about this one on my Patreon exclusive podcast um, because I watched... I want to say like 90% of it and then skip to the end to find out what happened. But I didn't end up, you know, kind of following it through. The reason that I picked this drama up, even though I think it's a very like under the radar drama for 2020, I don't think a lot of people watched it. I didn't really hear anything about it, um, but I watched it because of the casting. So it has um, Ji Hyun Woo, who I really, really like. I think he's a great actor. He's um, he's from Queen In Hyun's Man, but also in a lot of other dramas as well. And also the female lead is Kim Soon, who I also really like. I think she's good. And there's also a new dude who I I just recognized his face, um, Conil. Um, but I, I thought he was really good as well. Um, so the drama, I literally watched it probably just because of the casting, Ji Hun Woo, um, but also Kim Soon. But I think the kind of concept of it was very appealing to me. I was in the mood for something really light and fluffy and, you know, just something really cute. And I was really in the mood for something very romantic, Um, particularly It's a Love Triangle. And I was really keen for like, you know, a drama with a major, major just love triangle focus um, because I really enjoy that stuff. Like no matter how many times I see like, you know, people being petty and jealous and all falling in love like I don't know why it just like gets me every time so basically the concept is we have you know a main character played by Kim Soon who's a writer and she for whatever reason loses her house and has nowhere to go and so her best friend's this you know very handsome dude and they've been best friends forever but they've never like been interested in each other romantically and he lives in like a big share house with all these share apartments and he's away so she can live in his little apartment and while she's there she kind of gets into you know an antagonistic relationship with the handsome guy who lives next door and then her best friend comes back from his overseas trip and ends up living in this tiny one bedroom apartment with her and a love triangle ensues between you know the antagonistic guy next door who's actually just really charming and nice and very nice and the best friend so I mean that to me just sounds perfect I'm like oh that makes me want to watch it but it's it's not bad like I don't know if I would be like whoa go out and watch it though because it's very very simple it's very straightforward I don't the romance is cute and nice, but there just isn't enough of, I want to say, I don't know, passion or tension or teeth. That sounds like a really weird thing to say, but I feel like the whole drama is very toothless. Um, you, I mean, realistically, Kim Soon's character just, you know, has a misunderstanding with the dude next door for like five minutes. They sort it out and then they're really nice to each other. And then they're just really nice to each other and falling in love for the whole drama. But there's no conflict. There's no tension. There's no passion. She never even notices that her best friend's in love with her at all. So there's nothing going on there. Um, So, yeah, it just didn't. 
the romance really didn't get me. Um, they're all really pretty, but that's like kind of it. But interestingly enough, um, the main character is a writer and she's trying to get published. She wants to be, you know, traditionally published through a publishing house. And I loved all the stuff about her storyline because it's so familiar to me and so interesting. And my heart really broke for her, like seeing her go through these trials and tribulations, trying to be a published author. And I really loved that stuff. So I, I talked about all that particularly um, in my Patreon episode and, you know, just what the plot was about. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's not as good as I kind of hoped it would be. So I don't know if I'd super, super tell you to watch it. Um, but, you know, I did enjoy it. I was a little bit addicted for like a few episodes there at the start. But yeah, that's all I'll say. Love is annoying, but I hate being lonely. Next on my list is Dodo Sol Sol La La Sol, which I have a lot of trouble with that name. <laughs> so this is a 16 episode rom-com, like just romance drama, came out in October. I have an episode, I'm like, I'm very, 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 very excited to chat in depth about this one. So I'll have an episode coming out very soon about this one. I have so much <laughs> to say about this show. I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, so this is a 16-episode rom-com. Uh, it stars Goara, who I, you know, I'm a big hypocrite, previously didn't like. Now I'm, like, ranting and raving about her. She's really, really lovely in this. Um, and also the actor Ide Wook, who is, you know, he's a handsome dude, isn't he? <laughs> handsome and cranky looking um which I like apparently that's my thing so I have such an interesting sort of experience around this drama I fucking loved it and then I did not love it at the end <laughs> so um for anyone who hasn't watched it it is about uh, a very rich young woman who has been mollycoddled by her dad her whole life and then tragic circumstances send her penniless out to some little seaside town in which she falls in with like a found family vibe and a very super handsome guy who's like helping her out all the time. And the first... 10 episodes are charming as fuck like it is the most beautiful gorgeous positive happy show like I literally watched the whole thing with this mad smile on my face like I wasn't even gonna watch it I was not interested in this show I was gonna skip it and then I adored it in a way that was so unexpected it just made me feel happy it's you know I feel like I feel like that's something I love about K-dramas is that that unconscious smiling when you're watching a rom-com and this one really delivered that for me. Um, I loved it. I loved the side character stuff. Of course, towards the end, it starts spinning its wheels and then beyond that, it just, it goes fucking nuts. But I'll talk about that in my big old episode coming up. So that's all I'm going to say on Dodo Sol Sol La La Sol, um, which came out in October and is a 16 episode rom-com. So right now my cat has her claw stuck in my t-shirt and is like, I don't know what she's trying to do. <laughs> Go away. So next on my list is Startup. Um, my cat's really hungry, but she's too fatty, so she can't eat any food. Um, that's what the vet told us, apparently. Um, so anyway, 
Startup. Startup is next on my list. 16 episode, um, but every episode is quite long, like an hour and 20 minutes or something um, from October 2020 is when it started airing. Um, I'm not going to say too much about Startup, uh, which stars uh, Susie and also Nam Tukok and Kim Sono, um, because I'm going to do a big deep dive really soon. I plan to have an episode on this one. Um, I wasn't, I was always going to watch this drama because of the leads, um, but I watched it a lot sooner than I expected just because there was so much buzz about it online and I wanted to know what all the fuss was about. I really, really liked this show a lot. Um, I think it's, I don't know, it was surprising. Quite a lot of it was surprising in the way I feel like it's kind of played with my expectations. I guess I'm talking about the love triangle in that in that element. Um, but it's a very charming kind of follow your dreams kind of show. I feel like it has a little bit of a correlation to like that Itaewon class vibe. It's very positive kind of, you know, work hard and be ethical and eventually you'll make it. And I fucking love that kind of stuff because I feel it's how I want to live my life. So it's nice to sort of <laughs> see, you know, cool people managing to reach their dreams with that approach. <laughs> it's always good. Um, yeah, it's a really good show. I'm not going to say too much about it, but basically big love triangle. It's set in the world of startups. We've got, um, you know, Susie's character and Nam Ju Hok's character kind of form a relationship on a misunderstanding and a lie, which of course comes back to bite him um, later on when she realizes and kind of breaks a lot of trust and ruins a lot of relationships. There's a love triangle and I can see everyone online going absolutely mental for the wrong pointy end of that love triangle <laughs> full second male lead syndrome stuff going on um and I was not super excited about the plot of this drama I have to like I mean like before I watched it I was like oh startups and big tech and like mm, it's not so much something that I guess I'm particularly drawn to and it was really interesting and I really liked it so I was very invested in the characters and what would happen to them and I was very very invested in their professional dreams I think just that same magic that Itaewon class has which you might not necessarily care about the business dreams of your main characters but because you like them so much you end up feeling very, very invested in whether they achieve their dreams or not, uh, which is very interesting. So I think Startup's a really, really good drama. I think if you haven't watched it, you should definitely give it a go. That's Startup, 16 episodes. It's a, a romantic follow your dreams kind of show. <laughs> And the last K-drama for 2020 that's on my list that I watched in 2020 is Search. Um, so Search is an OCN thriller, monster thriller, 10 episodes, um, which started in October. I was weirdly excited for this drama. So it stars the actor Jung Dong-yoon, who is from Tale of Noctu, and also Crystal, who's been in some stuff, and also the actor Yoon Park, who I like a lot. Um, so I was really weirdly excited about Search. Um, I don't know if it really quite lived up to my expectations of what I wanted it to be, but at the same time, I think it's worth your time because, I mean, if, if you're in the mood for kind of like a monster thriller, um, 
it's very unique and very fresh. And I have to say, I have never really seen a K-drama like it. And I haven't seen a setting or, you know, kind of, yeah, a setting or concept quite like it before. So I really enjoyed it. So basically the storyline is there is a bunch of soldiers and our main dude who is like, you know, just finishing up his army service, um, him and his little search dog. It's not very little dog. It's actually quite a big dog. <laughs> they get sent to the DMZ, to this village in the DMZ. And along with these other like group members in this like sort of crack team of specialists, they're there to basically hunt something in the DMZ that is killing people. And they think it's an animal and then they think it's a human. And then the human starts doing things that humans shouldn't be able to do. So a lot of the drama is like a hunt drama. They're basically trying to capture something that is very, very scary and very beyond their capabilities. Um, so there were so many elements in this drama that I absolutely loved, but as a whole, I probably had some issues with some of the story and some of the ideas or actually probably more some of the execution of it is probably where I felt like it kind of dipped down a little bit for me and didn't quite kind of deliver on maybe the last half that I wanted. Um, but I still really enjoyed it. I still think it was like I'm really glad I watched it um, because it is very unique and very interesting. And I really love that I don't know, writers and drama people, I don't know, I don't know how these things work. <laughs> people are creating such interesting, unique and fresh stories. And like, you know, I love K-drama, so I'm very happy to watch, you know, similar stuff with the same tropes and, you know, I love all that kind of stuff. But it's very interesting to watch something that I've never seen before as well. So I think it was just that DMZ setting and the military stuff um, that was really interesting. And also just the monster hunt stuff, which was quite thrilling and creepy at times. I really enjoyed it. So that's Search. That's my last K-drama of 2020. Um, obviously, there's some more K-dramas that will be coming out, um, but I just haven't started them yet, but I am going to start them soon. So but I'll talk about them when I do start them. All right. So that's kind of bringing me to the end of my little 2020 year in review. Oh, Fucking forgot one, didn't I? Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, um, I just look at the top of my list. Um, school Nurse Files, of course, um, with what Jung Yumi and Nam Ju Hyok, which came out, um, I don't know when because I don't have it in front of me because I was very ill prepared for this moment. Came out really recently. Um, so that's, I've got an episode on it. I really enjoyed it. I'm really, really glad I watched it. Fucking weird show. <laughs> Basically, a school nurse can see like little jelly monsters that just look like little globules and lots of weird hijinks ensue at this high school that she works in. And Namju Hook is this really like worn out, handsome teacher who is just worn out and some weird shit happens. Is that a good explanation? <laughs> I feel like anyone who's seen it is like, yeah, that that's that's all it was. Who knows what it was? Um, I think it was worth watching again. Interesting, you know, really interesting show, really unique and really different, beautiful to look at. I just think it's sometimes shows like even if they, you know, maybe they don't completely 100% hit the mark, but there's just something very good about watching a show which is just unlike anything you've ever seen kind of like search um so school nurse files for me was like that i'm really really glad i gave it my time just because it is such a little weirdo which is good fun <laughs> um so what i was going to do before i went on that mad little tangent to the side 
Let's just talk about some of the dramas, um, I guess, that I missed this year that I would really like to watch. Um, so I have Flower of Evil starring Lee Jung-ki and Moon Tae-won. I really want to watch it. haven't got around to it. That is a melodrama. Lee Jung-ki plays a serial killer, or is he? Who knows? I don't know. I haven't watched it. <laughs> I will watch it. Um, a drama that is, I think, still currently airing, or maybe it's just finished, is Cairo. So Cairo's with a K. Um, starring an actress whose name I have momentarily, I've forgotten her name. Oh my gosh. She's one of my favorite actresses. And I've forgotten her name. I'm so not very prepared. I'm very sorry, guys. Um, let's just pretend it's because my first episode back and not just because I'm always utterly unprofessional. <laughs> um, so Kairos is one I'd like to give a go to. I don't really have any idea what it's about. It sounds like a very heavily plotted, like, time travel or oh, I don't even know thriller it sounds exciting homemade love story has people in it that I'm really like I really like the casting it just sounds like a cute drama I've heard it's doing really well with the ratings so that's interesting zombie detective which is like a zombie rom-com detective rom-com starring Tae Jin Hyuk so I really want to watch that one just haven't got around to it yet I keep hearing that do you like Brahms is well worth my time I haven't got around to it I really want to watch it. Um, people are just saying it's a very gentle, beautiful romance um, and very like a lot of music and stuff. Um, so I'm very interested in that. I think I'm I'm not so interested in the drama itself, like I, which is why I didn't watch it when it first came out. I do like the casting, but I'm not like mad. You know, I'm not crazed about it. I just I do quite like it. Um, but, you know, they're not like super, super favorites for me. Um, but everyone who's seen Do You Like Brahms really seem very, I want to say loyal to it, like very into it. I haven't really come across any sort of casual viewers who are like oh yeah I could take it or leave it everyone's like oh my gosh I could take it it's the best show so yeah I really want to give that one a show I'm an, a go I think I'm just very interested I'm interested to know what it is about this kind of like little underrated little site like just you know it, it wasn't a big release of the year and yet everyone's talking about it so I'm interested um, I've heard a little bit about a show called Missing the Other Side, which sounds like, I think it's a short runtime. Um, and from what I know, it's like a, a creepy kind of ghost thing, like someone sees ghosts and has to help them, I guess, get to the other side. But I think it's quite dark and interesting. Um, I also really want to watch the drama called Into the Ring, which I've heard so many good things about. It's been on my list for ages and I don't know why I keep going around in circles and not getting to it. Into the Ring um, sounds really interesting. Um, again, it's about politics, which, you know, I'm like, mm, don't know about that, but everyone <laughs> says it's super romantic. Uh, so I think that one's a rom-com. Then I've also got Mystic Pop-Up Bar. My cat just jumped on to the table get off please she's gonna walk all over me um so mystic pop-up bar uh which looks really good and i've heard really good things about which is kind of like a fantasy romance about i actually don't know what it's about because i'm watching it uh i've got rugal on my list which is another chair in hook drama so i really want to watch that one but it also looks insane I'm pretty sure like he's a dude his wife gets murdered he wants revenge so he goes and gets a lot of his body parts replaced by I don't know super soldier bits and then he goes around and joins a super soldier thing and is very cool it looks like a cool action drama 
sounds crazy. Um, a Piece of Your Mind. I'm very interested in this one. I really like the actress Chesu Bin. I've forgotten the dude's name. Is it Jung Jae-hin? Um, he's super popular now. I still haven't really seen him in any dramas. <laughs> um, so a Piece of Your Mind, my understanding is that it is a slow, mellow drama romance. And I'm quite interested in that. Um, next on my list, um, which I really want to watch, is 365 Repeat the Year. So I believe, uh, I really like the casting in it, but I think it's like a, I don't know if it's a time travel thing. It's some sort of high concept. I think it's, it looks really interesting. I've also got The Memorist. I guess that must've come out in 2020. Um, so I'd like to watch that one, which is like a, you know, detective kind of procedural thing. And on my list, I have Secret Inspector, but yeah. So I think it's Secret Royal Inspector. So that'll be out soon. I'll be, I'll be onto that the second it's out. Um, or maybe it's out. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically my, my K-drama year in review. Obviously I didn't mention all the other millions of dramas that I've been watching all year that were not dramas that aired in 2020. I, I always like to watch, I like to watch whatever dramas I'm interested in as they air. And then I also like to go back and delve into all the backlist stuff and just keep discovering, I don't know, new dramas that I've missed over, I suppose. It's so interesting to me to kind of like this year, I watched a lot of dramas that I think I've been kind of avoiding for quite a long time and they just turned out to be incredible. Um, and you, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, well, K-dramas are always a lot of fun. What a waffly episode. So yeah, that's it for me about my 2020 K-drama year in review. Oops, I forgot to tell you guys what was my favorite drama of 2020 um, or, you know, out of the dramas that came out in 2020. Um, I don't know, probably it was maybe it was pretty obvious from everything I just said. Um, Train. Train was actually my favorite drama of the year. Um, you know, I watched other dramas that I think I liked as much as Train or even more. But from 2020, out of the dramas that came out in 2020, Train was my favorite of them. And... Which is crazy to me considering like It's Okay to Not Be Okay was like really fantastic. Um, and so was Itaewon Class and Hospital Playlist. Like there was so many dramas that I really, really, really liked this year. But I always kind of when I think about, you know, I guess the, the one that I chose to be my favorite is because of how I felt when I was watching it. It was the drama that gave me that addictive feeling where as soon as an episode ended, all I wanted and all I thought about all week was my next episode. So Train was a really, really special, amazing drama for me. And I liked it so much. I don't know if everyone would have the same reaction. Um, I do think it was a real like right drama at the right time kind of a show. But um, yeah, I really, really, really loved it. Um, Another drama I watched this year that I really enjoyed, which I didn't mention because it's kind of a sea drama, um, Ghost Bride. It was a really fantastic show. So that's on Netflix where I am. But if you haven't seen it, you should check out Ghost Bride. I did like a half episode on it earlier in the year. Um, it's based on a YA novel that I really, really adore. And I think it's, if you like K-dramas, you'll like Ghost Bride. It's just super romantic and fun. And it has like, you know, supernatural and fantasy romantic elements. It's a really cool show. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, I think this is this is the end. <laughs>